This is the Austin Life Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. Like Corey said, my name is Jermaine. I am the student minister at 121 Community Church out in Grapevine. It's about four, three, four hours from here. Corey is, uh, and, and his whole family are near and dear to me and my wife Megan and our four kids. And he's been instrumental, him and Mike and Joel, they've been instrumental in our growth at 121 and also just in our faith, how they have modeled Jesus to us and have been a part of my personal testimony and my walk. Uh, with 121, and then just just in general as a person. So I'm honored and privileged to be here to be able to to speak to you all. It's been it's been a joy being here over the last couple of days, even though I've been taking a lot of losses. Uh, it's been very humbling, I guess. I've lost in flag football or tag football, whatever you want to call it, uh, and lost in 40 yard dash to Corey. So yeah, we'll talk about that later, but. Um, I've been humbled a lot so far, uh, but we've been on the move. We had uh, students from grades 9 through 12 come from Grapevine, not knowing anything about anything about what they were going to do other than to just serve uh, this church and serve the, the, the neighborhood and the communities around here. And so we've been on the move. We left Friday right in the midst of rush hour traffic. We had to wait till everybody got out of school. They're still in school. And so uh, we, we waited uh, till about five to leave. And we've been on the move ever since. It took us a while to get through rush hour traffic. But then once we got through there, um, it was pretty smooth sailing all the way to Waco. Stopped at health camp and had some really healthy burgers there and shakes. And uh, then we kept moving all the way out towards here and uh, just really got settled in in the hotel. And we've just been on the move, on the go. Yesterday morning, we woke up and went straight around the neighborhoods here to, to start inviting people to, to come to Austin Life Church. I'm not sure if anybody got that invitation or not and is here today, but if, if so, welcome. Uh, we've been just on the move all, all throughout the, the time that we've been here. We, we went uh, sightseeing. They went sightseeing afterwards, and then we also went and had dinner and just been, it's been good. Been a lot of movement. And I also in that movement noticed there's a lot of beautiful people here in Austin. There are a lot of beautiful people, and um, I just, it was just been a joy to, to talk to, to different people uh, and, and be able to express uh, the, the love of Christ and pray with them uh, just right where they're at, and, and then also seeing all the, the cool different houses and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of cool different houses, not like the, the, the typical suburb homes that we see in Grapevine, so that's been cool. When we're going door to door, we notice a lot of there's a lot of eclectic stuff going on. It's good. It's good. It's, it's, it's really cool. But just being able to interact with people uh, just got me thinking about something that we need to, before we dig deep into, the, into this passage, we need to just make sure that we have a, a good foundation of who we are and uh, who we're all created to be like. And uh, it starts in Genesis chapter 1. I'm, I won't read from it. I'll just summarize. But Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, really talk about how we are created all of us, every single one of us, men and women, brown, 
black, white, whatever. We are all created in his image. And it ultimately says that we are reflections of his glory. And we are under his lordship. And he has, he has given us uh, authority over things on this earth. And we are to subdue the earth. And we are to be fruitful and multiply, he says. Raising up children, making disciples. Uh, in other words, everything that we do, every move that we make, every action that we take is to be as if we are God's ambassadors and that we are to be stewards of, of what he has created and we are to be representatives of what he is like. And ultimately, we are to glorify him and enjoy him forever. Uh, the greatest joy, someone has said this before, we will find the greatest joy when we live for what we are created for which is for his glory and, and uh, will truly glorify God when we really understand that he is our greatest joy and that he is our greatest treasure. And so we'll glorify him by making much of him. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 43, uh, verse 7, it talks about how everyone whom God has formed and uh, made, he created for his glory. And that started with Adam and Eve in the Bible uh, in Genesis chapter 1. And that's true of all people ever since true of all people now when you think about that about how much how different we are and how much uh god loved us and and put all of the a lot of his characteristics into us and how we are created in his image and we're to be reflections of his glory and how every single one of us no matter what our background is no matter what we look like no matter what our skin color is we all have worth we're all equally valued and worth when we think about that you would think that that would make us all united. Because I think when I talk about that, everyone would, like, that sounds good. And that, yeah, I want to believe that, right? And I think that you would think that people would think that that's something that's good. And that would unite us all. And that we wouldn't have any, of, any tensions or any hostility towards one another or any issues, right? It just seems like that would be something good and that it wouldn't be an issue. But the one thing that we see in Genesis chapter 3 is that we do have something common. Another thing in common as people, and that's uh, our common ancestors, Adam and Eve. They, they became sinners in Genesis chapter 3. And likewise, all of us have this bent towards sin because of what happened at the fall in Genesis chapter 3. In fact, in Romans chapter 3, verse uh, 23, it talks about, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so what that means is all of us. Male, female, black, white, whatever, whatever background you come from. We're in the Bible, Jew, Gentile, whatever background you come from, everyone by birth has a bent towards sin. And as soon as we're given an opportunity to, to do sin, we're going to rebel. That's what, that's what the Bible talks about. That's what Romans 3.23 talks about. We all fall short of the glory of God and what he's created us for. In fact, um, we, we, seek, we seek our own way. We want to seek what's best for us uh, instead of living to please God as, it was, as he initially intended things in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And so we want to make much of ourselves. We want to be glorified in our sin. We seek to put ourselves in God's place. And what that does is that creates uh, enmity between God and with each other. And so sometimes some people think whoever's not like us or do the things that we want them to do, they become a threat to us. 
in our personal glory. And I think that's why there's so much hostility in the world. I know, I bet if I took a poll right now, all of us would raise our hand and say, yeah, that's right, there's hostility, there's division in this world. We don't have to look very far, just open up your phone, go to Twitter, and you'll see all of the, the hostility that goes on between different groups. Uh, you turn on the news and you'll see the same thing. There's certain groups that are against other groups. Men versus women, women versus men, black versus white, white versus black, Jew versus Gentile in the Bible, Democrat versus Republican, Republican versus Democrat. I mean, you don't have to go very far, and it goes on and on and on. The gospel of Jesus Christ tears all of that down, man. The gospel of Jesus Christ opens up our reality, our eyes to the reality of the glory of God. And it shows us again that it's not about us. It's not about our glory. But it's about the glory of God in Jesus Christ. That needs to be our foundation today before we get into this passage. Because it's why we exist. When we understand that, we want to make much of Jesus. We want to make much of God, not about ourselves anymore. We don't dare exalt ourselves above anybody else because of that free gift that we've received through Jesus. See, the gospel kills all of that. The gospel kills all the hostility that comes as a result of sinful pride. And it reconciles us back to God and to each other. And so God, out of his love and his mercy and grace, he sent Jesus to us. And in him, he showed, or in his life, he showed himself to be everything we have failed to be on our own and everything that the people of this Bible failed to be. And he's the only one that has truly been holy and perfect as our Father in heaven is holy and perfect. And now, by faith in the person and the work of Jesus, we are set apart and cleansed from our sin. Through the work that Jesus did himself, because of who he is, because of he who laid down his life, who rose from the grave, now we all turn from our sin and trust in him. And we're washed clean from our sin. We're made right by God. And we're brought into the family of God. No matter what you look like, that's available to everyone. All are welcome by faith in Jesus. Oseo. That was a restaurant we went to last night. It means welcome. We're all welcome by faith in Jesus. Remember, we are not perfect ourselves, but because of what Jesus did, our faith in him makes us righteous. It makes us by faith united to Christ. And now God sees us through him, his holiness and his perfection. Jesus' holiness and perfection is all credited to us. And what I want us to understand is that that is perfect love. That's love. That is love. When someone says, I love you, and just stops there, that, that's love. It's not, I love you because, or I love you if. No. Jesus said, I, just, I love you. You are worthy. Perfect love. The Bible says that all of us are worth what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, that sounds wonderful. I don't know about you, but that sounds wonderful to me. <laughs> like that is to be everyone to be invited, to everyone to be welcome. That sounds incredible. 
The fact that Jesus did all of that for us. And, it, and now we're acceptable and, and we are viewed as precious and valuable. And I would think that that would be so attractive that if we walked out of here that it would just spread like wildfire. But for some reason, it's not that popular in certain areas. And even in the Bible, when we look at it, we'll see that that's a great message. That's a powerful message. It's, it's a message of salvation. It's a message of hope. But yet, for some reason, it's not very popular. In fact, we'll see here in a minute that people were being killed for that message. That God sent his son for us. Offering full and total forgiveness to all sinners who would believe in him. The only way that you get through that is not through some spiritual work to achieve it, but it's a free gift of God's grace, and you have forgiveness forever. That sounds like the most amazing message ever. Salvation forever. It can't be taken away once you put your trust and faith in him. That is so rich and full of hope, and you would think, that that message would just carry on like wildfire. But it doesn't. And it didn't happen here in the Bible. You guys have been in Acts, and uh, Corey asked me to speak in, in this, this passage here, Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 25. And just before all of that that we just read, we see that there's this great persecution. That persecution. They were, people were actually seeking to punish God's messengers with vengeance. We see in, in Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 1, it talks about, and on that day, a great persecution began. So now we see something really crazy here. We see people, not only just like Peter and John earlier, who were being arrested for, for proclaiming the gospel, for, for sharing the good news. We, it's not just like two people, a couple of people getting put in jail or, or, or flogged for, for what they believe in. People are actually dying. In Acts chapter 7, we see Stephen getting killed now. For the message of Jesus Christ. Right? And then Saul starts ravaging the church. With vengeance. And Saul, my guy here, he turns into Paul. And, you know, we see this in Acts chapter 9. Saul, man, like, he starts taking out men and women. Like, bro, women too? Right? Like, I mean, this is how much hate is going on for the simple message of the gospel. And therefore, those who had been scattered went out preaching the word, as it says in verse 4. That's incredible to me. I would think that it would just stop at, therefore, those who had been scattered, they just, just ran away. Because, like, you know, their families were being persecuted. Like, if I was a believer in Jesus, I could lose my family. I could die. I'm going to go move away. And just be quiet and be safe for a little bit. Let this whole thing die down. But no, we see here that those who had been scattered, they went about. They were on mission. Kind of like this, this group of students that came here from 120. We, they went about. We went and we've gone about all throughout uh, this area. Preaching the word. Sharing the gospel. Inviting people into Austin Life Church and into God's kingdom. Giving them that op Offering that opportunity. The same opportunity that all of us have in Jesus Christ. What would cause someone to want to step into something like that? Into a situation that we see here in Acts. Where it's 
you could die for your faith. Why would you want to keep going and talking about him? What would urge you? What would compel you to want to go and do something like that? To keep going after you've seen all of these things that have happened. I'm amazed by that. I'm amazed as we look through this that in the midst of persecution, people dying, that people want to continue sharing the message of, of the gospel. What would compel them? What would urge them? What would constrain them to go and want to keep sharing? Well, today I believe God told me to preach this message to you all. And the message is this. The love of Christ that I just talked about, the love of Christ should compel us. It should constrain us. It's like we can't help it. Like, it's like Corey and I talked about. It's like we can't help but breathe. It's the same thing. It should compel us. It should urge us to continue the work of Christ. That's the message today. The love of Christ should compel you to continue the work of Christ. Jesus was, he was the first New Testament mes- missionary. He left his home, became one of us, and dwelt among us in a foreign culture, as we'll see here, so that he might share the message of his Father's love. What would want to make you go into hostile territory and go into a foreign culture after seeing some of your family members and people that you love get killed it's the love of Christ it's got to be the love of Christ compelling us to continue the work God's love is unconditional and everlasting when you get a hold of that when you understand that when you first John chapter 4 verse 7 says love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God when you get a hold of that you can't help but continue to share that with others because you realize that everyone is just as valuable. And so we see here that there's this great persecution going on. And uh, we also see a testament to God's sovereignty here. Because what happens is that they, this actually drives the gospel out forward. Right? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, uh, Jesus says it. You're going to go and share this good news to not just the people, your people here in Jerusalem... Not just in Judea, but you're going to go out into a foreign culture to people that hate you or that you have hostility towards, the Sumerians. The Sumerians, if you, you can read about kind of their situation in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 17. I won't go into detail about it, but uh, the Sumerians were a people that just did, they, the Jews and them did not get along. Let's just put it that way, okay? The Jews viewed them with hatred and vice versa. And so to go and, like, go preach this message to a foreign culture of people who hated you is like, what? But God used this persecution, a testament of his sovereignty, using this evil and turning it around into good so that the message would, it would it, when it says scattered here, when the people scattered, what it means is like they were, they were, it was like seed going out. They actually were being planted in Samaria. And the gospel grew. The gospel spread is what is happening here. And some devout men, and they go, or I'm sorry, and Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he began proclaiming Christ to him. The love of Christ should compel us to point others to Jesus. The love of Christ should compel us to point others to Jesus, just like Philip does here. He went down. Philip's just a regular dude, y'all. He's not like some 
you know, ordained minister like Corey, who, you know, went to seminary and, and studied and, and, you know, has this preaching ability, you know, and can, can speak and really well and all these things. Philip's it's just a regular dude. He served tables in Acts chapter 6, <laughs> right? He didn't go through any kind of special training. Him alone went out into a hostile environment, compelled by the love of Christ, and shared the good news. And by the way, proclaiming the word doesn't necessarily mean standing from here and preaching the good news. It's just sharing with others what you know about God. That's it. Let's not overcomplicate this. It's just telling people what you know about God. And if you're a new believer, that's okay. Just sharing what you know. If you've been a believer for 18 years, you better be sharing a whole lot. You should know a lot about God. and You can't help but want to talk to people about it. That's it right here. He just went out and proclaimed Christ to them. And that's what we should all do. Wherever God has you, he has you there for a reason. And it's to preach his word. They couldn't help it. I love Psalm 71 verse 27. It says, my tongue will utter your righteousness all day long. Psalm 105 verse 2 says, sing to him, sing praises to him. Speak of all his wonders. What Jesus did for us, if you've received him, you can't help but want to talk about that. Just like Philip. That's a big deal. These kids that came in from Grapevine, man, they, they're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. They came here to be the hands and feet of God and to, and to share their faith. We were at the park the other, uh, yesterday while I was losing in 40-yard dashes and uh, flag football. Some of them just went out and started serving. They started uh, planting soil in the park. and I mean, they were just doing all kinds of things that, you know, they just compelled by the love of Christ. That's it. And in that, they were sharing the gospel. They were showing others that they love Jesus. That's what we're called to do. The gospel is available to all. We should follow Philip's example. Consider taking the word to other places. And we'll see here, it says in verse 8, so there was much rejoicing in that city. Our job is to point people to Christ so that they could see that joy. Like mega joy. It says much rejoicing. Mega joy is how I describe it. Simple gospel message. A simple gospel message that pointed people to Jesus leads to joy. We all want that. I've got four kids. James, Lily, Leah, and Jake. Jake's 11 months, and I love just like kind of trying to teach him things. He doesn't understand it. But I'll, I'll, I'll point him to stuff he's 11 months and I'll point to stuff and he's I can just see him trying to like process what I'm pointing to and he he just he's a he likes to smile a lot and he's just like oh yeah he doesn't understand that I'm saying hey look there's a bird in the window there's a bird in the window but he just he sees that I'm like pointing him in that direction and he knows to kind of look in that direction over time he's going to understand what I'm talking about right here they didn't necessarily understand the full weight of Jesus Yet, we'll see in a minute, they do. But the first thing that we do as believers is we want to point people to him. We want to point people to him, and that leads to joy. God wants to use you. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him, so that you point people to Jesus, who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light, to spread joy and help others break free from the penalty and the power of sin. Think about the love of Christ if you've received him today and the joy that you experience when you realize that freedom for the first time and that healing that you got from him. Let that love compel you to get out of yourself and be someone who loves and breathes the gospel no matter what situation that you're in. And as we go on, we'll see that the gospel message is mighty to save. We'll see there's a dude named Simon who's practicing magic in the city and he's got everybody... He's dazzling everybody with his great wonders. He talks about magic that's really sorcery. He's got everybody's attention, it says in verse 11. But then when they saw Philip, when they encountered the gospel, when Philip was preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, we see that they go from not just like rejoicing about that good news, but they actually believed in him they believed in him and then they were baptized the gospel is mighty to save there's so much power in that simple message of the gospel and it can turn anybody anybody into a believer that's how powerful it is and then we'll see uh, later on in the, in the verses in verse 19 through, through 25 Simon's like, I want that. I want that, that, that gospel message. But Peter recognizes that, hey, look, this guy wanted it for all the wrong reasons. He wanted it for his glory so that he could be the one that's back and got everybody's attention. And Peter calls him out on it. Essentially, Simon's asking, how do you become a Christian? And what we see in this last part of the passage is that the love of Christ should compel you to repent and believe and get moving. How do you become a Christian? We see in Mark chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says that there's nothing good in you except God. So that's the first step is we've got to realize the bad news. That there's nothing good in us. I know that, that took me 28 years to realize that. I didn't want to believe that. I thought I was a good person. And then I started thinking about my life and all of the things that were going on. I'm like, all right, I don't, I'm not sure about that anymore. I think I need something. I, I, there's something deep in my soul that, uh, that's broken that needs healing. There's something deep in my soul that's wrong that needs to be right. I need something, something, a greater power to turn things around. That's when I encountered Jesus, and that's, that's, that's what it means to be a Christian. Admit that there's, there's nothing good in you, and then believe that Jesus came to rescue you from the works of the devil, and trust in what he did is good enough to save you. And then get moving like Peter and John did. It says here at the end, they, 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 uh, they, uh, they pointed, uh, they called out Simon, and then Peter and John, they didn't just stop and like... Um, where they were at to go back to, uh, where were they at? Uh, Jerusalem. They didn't go back to Jerusalem. They just kept in the same city that they were in and kept preaching the gospel. 
So repent, believe, and then get moving. Get moving. I can remember my life 10 years ago. People that know me, then they, they, they are amazed at who I am today. Because 10 years ago, I was someone who was utterly hopeless and someone who was taking that broad road all the way to destruction. And that sinful behavior had controlled me. It had me trapped. And I had no part in the inheritance that God speaks of in the Bible. And it's kind of funny here in this passage. uh, And Peter really calls out Simon. He talks about like, Uh, You are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. I was laughing. uh, Like, there's so many people yesterday that we went door to door to offering, coming to Austin Life Church. And we had some opportunities to share the gospel. And we did it in a really loving way, right? A winsome way. Could you imagine if we showed up to somebody's house and we're just like, hey, do you believe in Jesus? No. You are in the gall of bitterness, In the bondage of iniquity. Like, no thank you. No thank you. That's not how I want the God. I don't want, if that's what your God is offering, no. Like, that's that's how you're going to approach me about that? No thank you. Repent of this wickedness of yours. Like, Peter, man, take it easy, bro. Like, get to know the guy a little bit, you know? But it's funny because uh, about 10 years ago, in my when Megan and I were dating, that's pretty much how Megan approached me. She was just like, look, if this relationship's going to go any further, I need to know where you stand. And that's when God was like telling me, you need to do an about face right now if you want to live. Sometimes it's what it takes, y'all. Yeah, we want to lead with love. Always. Always lead with love. And when we... Uh, or encountering people and want to share the message of Christ. We, we, we want that to be the first thing that we do is we, is we lead with love. In fact, uh, and we want to talk about how it's a personal relationship with Jesus that is what, is what saves you. In fact, when Jesus was encountering in Mark, and early on in Mark, when he encountered the disciples, he said, follow me. He said, come have a relationship with me. He didn't say, hey, you've got to do all these religious things and do all these rituals in order to be saved. He just said, no, just follow me. I want a personal relationship with you. And then you're going to do some crazy good things for the world. But listen, I wasn't hearing all that when I was growing up. I wanted my way. And I needed somebody to tell me, just like Peter did, and just say, look, are you ready to do an about face? Are you ready to turn from your sin and follow Jesus? I needed it like that. And God took control of my life. He uprooted the bitterness in my life. He healed the brokenness deep down in my soul. And there was an interaction with God in my heart and my mind and in my soul. Driving me to a place where I did it in about face. And I started chasing after him. And that's. That's my story. That's God's story working through me. And I've been testifying about that for 10 years. And I'll keep going until he calls me home. Because the love of Christ compels me. I can't help it to know where I would be without my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To know that I would be separated from him and have constant hostility with his people. 
No, thank you. I'm grateful for what Jesus did. God has given you that freedom, that same freedom through Christ. The same power sets you free. It's the same power that can change a neighborhood. It's the same power that can change a city. It's the same power that can change a nation. But nothing is going to happen if it just stays right here this morning. If that power stays inside of you this morning, nothing is going to happen. And that's why I continue to say, let's get moving, y'all. When we leave here, we need to get moving. Speaking of getting moving, so our three of our four kids all walked within eight or nine months. Our fourth one, Jake, we're like, get moving, bro. It's 11 months. You're off schedule. Get moving. Jokingly, of course. Like, we're not like, yeah, okay. Jokingly. <laughs> we're enjoying it. So we, we do not plan on having any more kids. So we're just like, oh, take your time. But at the same time, like, get moving, man. What's going on? You're an artful. Come on. You know? And so uh, I was on the phone with Corey. Uh, was it last week? I was on the phone with Corey last week, I think, talking about just, just life. And I was like, I got to go, man. I got to go, bro. He's like, oh, okay. I was like, Jake's starting to walk. I want to get that on video, you know. So I, I got a little bit of on video. Do we have that? Do we have that video of Jake starting to walk? Watch this. Yeah, nine steps, man, nine steps. I was like, yes, let's go. But did you notice how he, he fell down at the end? Sometimes I think about, you know, when we talk about going to share the gospel, it's, 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 it's intimidating. Faith is personal. So we can hear all these things about preaching the word and, and, and going out there and share your faith. And, you know, but reality is it's, it's kind of scary. It's, it's like taking baby steps, though, right? We got to. In order for us to actually get confident about it, we just got to get out there and try. The first couple of steps, the first couple of times we do it, it might be shaky. It might be, you know, maybe not how we thought it was going to go. And we might feel like we just fell. But I was right there to pick him up. Mom and dad are always there to pick him up. Your father in heaven is there to pick you up. So you're safe. You're safe to get moving and going on outside of this building, to go and share the gospel. People need to hear it. Don't assume that they don't. I come across people all the time just by asking a simple question. How can I pray for you? And they will just all of a sudden just start just letting you know that they need help. And that's your opportunity to open up and share how God has changed you. The love of Christ compels you to continue the work of Christ. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Romans chapter 10, verse 15. Let's get moving, y'all. Let's get moving. One last thing before I go. So I told you you've got four kids. James, our oldest, is our sports freak. He loves sports. Uh, he's probably better than I am now. I'm an old dog, apparently. Can't win football games. Can't win 40-yard dash anymore. Just pass the torch on to my, my six-year-old son. 
But what was funny is that we were watching Space Jam the other day. Space Jam, I don't know if y'all, okay, yeah. Uh, true story, I haven't seen the whole movie. It's fine. Um, but we were watching Space Jam the other day, and we have that image, and he was looking over, and he saw one guy in particular on the screen, like, pretty much the whole entire movie, right? James is six, y'all, okay? So this came out in, like, 92 or something, right when that bald guy, Michael Jordan, like, the baddest man on the planet at the time, you know, he had no idea who he was. And Megan and I were like, What? How do you not know? Oh, wait a minute. We forgot. You're six. You did not see Jordan do all these things. But he was asking, who is that ball guy? And I was like, that's Michael Jordan. Let me tell you about him. He's the baddest man on the planet. Everything that he did, like, was just so amazing. But he would have never have known who that guy was had I not told him about him. And the Bible says, how will others know if we only keep the message of joy, the message of the gospel to ourselves? How will they know that the message of great joy is better than life on earth if we don't tell them? If the message that of, the G- of Jesus Christ stays right here? How will they call on him who saves us from ourselves if they don't see or hear from you? Jesus was easily the baddest man on the planet. Let's go tell about him. Explain all he did. And then talk about what he did for you. And then invite him to come and hear more about him at Austin Life Church. So that they can know what it means to repent, believe, pray, and then get moving as we see in this passage. He wants us to get moving, y'all. Once we receive the message, now you have been sent. Once we receive, you've been sent. You have that same powerful message, the same message that Philip had in this Bible. He didn't start out as an evangelist. He was a table server. And he went into the unknown and shared the gospel. And people received it with joy because he was faithful where God called him to go. And God used him for a wider service. Remember this before we leave. Looking around this building... This building can't preach when we leave here. The chairs that you're sitting in right now, they can't be a witness to others when we leave here. Only people can do that. When we leave today, we need to understand that as we fan out into the communities that we go to and the, and the restaurants that we work at and the shops that we work at and the, and the homes that we're in, let the love of Christ compel us to continue the work of Christ and preach the good news. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are again and all that you've done. I'll continue singing praises to your name. Lord, I pray for for people like Goretta who are uh, just looking to figure out ways how you can uh, utilize her. I pray for Anna who's from from Northern Ireland who doesn't know about you because of all of the all of the religious stuff going on. I pray that anybody that we encounter like Gloretta and, and Anna that we would not hesitate to talk about you. That we would get moving today. That we would see people differently. 
the love of Christ would compel us to continue your work. Let's just be still for a second. Let us reflect on that. Let's think about, okay, I'm about to, I'm going to leave here today. I'm going to go grab lunch. Think about and pray about, maybe there's an opportunity for you to talk about what God did in you to the waiter or waitress. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to invite someone to Austin Life Church. Yeah, it might be scary, but ask God to give you a spirit to empower you to not care. And do it in a way that's loving and winsome. And if today maybe it just hit you what the gospel really is, and that you've never did an, done an about face and admit that you are in need of God's grace. If that's you today, pray to God that you, you admit you're a sinner and that you believe in Jesus and that you want him to be your Lord and Savior. You want to live for him. And then go tell people about it. Go find Corey and, or Mike, myself. We'd love to talk to you. But just spend some time. Spend some time confessing whatever it is that might be rolling around in your heart just a little bit longer. God, we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church Podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.